Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to Living the Dream with Curveball, a podcast where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, I am joined by speaker, entrepreneur, and podcaster, Eric Allen. Eric has battled things like addiction, bankruptcy, and he was raised in a broken home, but he has now turned everything around and he is helping up-and-coming entrepreneurs as well as MMA fighters get noticed and known online. So we're going to be talking to him a little bit about his life and about everything that he's doing. Eric, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, man, Kurt, it's such an honor to be here, man. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate this. Why don't you start off by kind of giving people a background about yourself, a little bit of background. Yeah, sure. I mean, I grew up in Eastern Washington, a typical household, played Little League, went to Sunday school. My dad would take my best friend, Dave, and I and literally throw some dumpsters behind big stores and say, hey, go find treasure. That was like a Saturday morning thing, you know, and uh, my parents got divorced when I was 11 years old. And then uh, my mom, unfortunately, got together with a man who was very physically abusive. He was an alcoholic. And so I remember, you know, watching him beat her up with a cordless phone, you know, when those were around. And my mom never pressed charges, though, so I never understood that. Well, she ended up getting pregnant and they decided to move myself and my sister who's four years younger than me. And then my brother, who's just a few months old, uh, up to Stevensville, Montana, small town, population 1,200 people. They got five acres and a house on the five acres and they rented that house on the five acres. There was beautiful property. The problem was that house had three bedrooms. So that, be- that house had a bedroom for them, a bedroom for my bro- little brother who's just a few months old, and then my sister. And they said, Eric, you get to live in the garage. And they literally had this black tarp that was at the end of my bed that separated my bed from the truck that pulled into the garage. I, I did have a fireplace on my half of the garage, uh, you know, but during the winter in Montana, when it gets negative degrees, it still gets pretty cold out there. And, you know, the physical abuse continued when we moved up there and it was probably worse because the police couldn't get there. We just lived very far away from any sort of local police department or anything like that. And I remember being 13 years old, brushed my teeth one night and you know, I really, truly believe it was God speaking to me, but they came home arguing, wasn't anything different than any other night. But as I'm brushing my teeth, I felt God say, man, you got to turn around. You got to check this out. And so as I, the way the house was set up was behind me was the kitchen to the pantry, to the garage where I stayed. And as I turned around, I saw him on top of my mom, just boom, 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 one shot after the other. And I'm like, man, I got to get this guy off. So I snuck up behind him and grabbed a cast iron pan and I swung as hard as I could and I split the back of his head open. And as he turned around, he said, what the? And as he said that, I swung again and split his face open. And I swung so hard that second time, I'd actually fallen over and somehow did not knock him out. He was so drunk. And, and I remember standing up over me and he was yelling and my mom jumped up and punched him probably six times in the face and the blood splats on the wall. Cops finally show up, take him to jail. But again, no charges are pressed. And I actually ended up getting kicked out of the house at that time. So I had three months left of my freshman year of high school. So I just bounced around between friends for, you know, the next three months. And that led me on this path of destruction for the next 10 years of my life. Speaking of that path of destruction, you faced jail time at the age of 18. Tell us a little bit about that and kind of talk about your path of destruction and how you turned that destruction to helping others and turning your life around. 
Yeah, thank you so much. I uh, ended up to go, uh, going to live with my dad for my sophomore through senior year of high school, and he rented a house for us. He put twenty bucks in the cup for my lunch money for the week, and then you know stuffed the freezer with Hunger Man meals and cereal and milk in the house, and then he'd go stay with his girlfriend. So I had no adult supervision and really no accountability. So I was getting into drugs at an early age, mostly pot, but I was taking mash- mushrooms and taking acid and hash and whatever else I could get my hands on, you know. And my senior year of high school, I got arrested for having a bong, which is still, it's actually legal in the state of Washington now, but at the time it wasn't. So I had to go spend the night in jail. I had black and white chain gang outfit on, bright orange slippers and got uh, on probation for a year. And so I couldn't smoke any pot, but what they did was that increased my intake of alcohol. And so I really started drinking heavily. And so two weeks after I graduated high school, I woke up to a note that said, you can't comply with house rules. You have 48 hours to get out. And so between the ages of 18 and 21, I moved 21 times. I lived on a bunch of couches and friends of second cousins and things like that a week here, a week there and different places. And finally made my move up to Seattle, Washington, where I really wanted to get into the music business. So I got up there and uh, it took about a year, but I finally landed a job with Universal Records, which was a dream job for me. I actually interned for six months and just showed up every day. They never paid me. I just showed up every day like, all right, this guy's showing up every day. We, we should probably pay him. So, you know, I finally got paid by those guys and started tracking sales and set up meet and greets. Problem was what that did was there's about this two-year span during that time where I went to about 175 concerts. I was going to two to three concerts a week and had an open tap at every single concert. So I was living the rock star lifestyle without being an actual rock star. I don't know how to play anything. I just was intrigued on being the you know sales and marketing guy. And 21 years old, I was $28,000 in debt, had to file bankruptcy. I was living off credit cards, you know, when I was moving around so much. And uh, my one year anniversary at Universal Records, I got laid off. This was during the Napster days, if people remember Napster. It really did kill the music industry. And uh, so I was working at night at Starbucks and I'd get off work and go to my, you know, grocery store, get a six pack of beer, go to my ghetto apartment and drink myself to sleep every night. Yeah, one night this girl walked in and she was real good looking and she said, hey, we got this cool college age event down at our church. Would you be interested in going? And me being depressed and having no friends and, you know, her being good looking. I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll go. And so it was like this seed that was planted, I think, and that got it. It, it gave me this opportunity. So I got down there and there's all these guys that I actually ran into that I knew from like years ago. Hey, man, I haven't seen you in 10 years, man. I haven't seen you in seven years. So it's just this crazy kind of connection. And about a month later, it was Easter 2004. I was managing a band. We went out and played a concert and uh, woke up on Easter morning, surrounded by probably 15 of my buddies all passed out. And in that moment, I felt God really speaking to me and said, man, you're going down this path of destruction and, and you've got to get off this road. You've got to get clean. You've got to get back on the right path. And I gave my life to Christ that morning. And I just said, God, whatever you need. And I quit cold turkey drugs, drinking cigarettes, everything right there. And then I uh, called that girl up that uh, had invited me to that college age event and, you know, got her voicemail and said, Hey, happy Easter. Maybe I'll see you at the Starbucks sometime. And a month later we were dating a year later, we were married. And now we've been married for almost 17 years. Well, that's amazing story. So let's talk <laughs> about you. how you got into MMA and, and helping entrepreneurs and MMA fighters get known online. How, how did you get into that? Yeah. I mean, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit, like mowing lawns at 10 years old and, you know, did network marketing early in my twenties that, you know, things like that. But then in 2012, my wife and I were sitting around, it was during the big tap out era. And I really wanted to get involved in martial mixed martial arts. I'm not a fighter, but I wanted to be on the kind of the, own my own business. So we started 
top rated MMA. My wife came up with the, the name and, you know, we, so we launched as an apparel company, we made a lot of business mistakes, uh, but it took off faster than we expected. You know, we overbought inventory. I ended up donating a bunch, but it was around 2015. I got bored with it. I literally put an ad in Craigslist and said, who wants to buy this company for a few grand? And one guy called me up and offered me a few grand for it. But in that call, I decided that I wasn't done yet. I didn't want to quit. And so I kind of restructured. And then in 2017, I launched the top rated MMA podcast. I had no idea what I was doing. I was in a walk-in closet for the first hundred episodes and didn't know to look in the camera. I had bad speakers, bad lighting. And really my, my reasoning for starting the podcast was I just wanted to ask fighters, why do you want to get in a cage and get punched in the face? Like I've heard everything from I transitioned from MMA or I mean from wrestling or karate to MMA to guys who are like, man, I have a felony offense and I can't get a real job, but I can go in the cage and I can fight and I can put food on the table for my kids. And so it's just cool. So it started to evolve like, man, I want to talk to real fighters and real stories. And so I really focus on these up and coming fighters where the majority of them are probably amateurs or early professional fighters globally. And so I like to get them on, get their name out there. And hopefully someone from another big promotion or another big sponsor might be able to pick them up uh, based off uh, them being on my show. And so that's been fun. And now we're uh, 230, I think 232 episodes into my uh, podcast there. So that's been going strong. And then my other podcast is just the Eric Allen show. And that's really where I focus on entrepreneurs, world changers and success minded people. Well, tell us about your top-rated MMA. What what does the business do? Uh, so right now, it's just uh, we have the podcast, and then I do have my own heat press and, and hat press and stuff like that. I just do onesie twosie prints and stuff like that, just for local guys here in Idaho where I'm at. Uh, but now I'm I, my job or my business is just to talk with fighters and help them get their name out, and and so that's what I really enjoy. I'm just fascinated with people's stories, and so I love to find out like why do they want to get in the cage, and you know especially the mindset of fighters, because I think as a fighter, you have to be so strong mentally on top of being, you know, physically fit. And so that's really what I do with top rate of me is I just talk with fighters and, and try to get their name out there. So tell us about some of the fighters that you have helped get their name out there. And now they're pretty much known and, and maybe household names. Yeah, Brady Heistan and Josh uh, Rittenhouse, they're both on the Ultimate Fighter season right now. So they're on Fox right now. So I talked to those guys early on in their careers. Several of the fighters that I've had on my show have gone on to the UFC and and uh, done pretty well. Miranda Danger, uh, Grager, she's she's in the UFC. Sabina Mazzo, you know, so it's it's been fun to talk to these guys and, and see them continue to grow and i've been blessed to you know have ken shamrock the the guy who started mma you know way back in the day he's been on my show twice and become a good friend of mine over the years and and so um yeah i love talking with guys and just trying to help them get their name out there absolutely i did see that you interviewed ken shamrock what was that like talking to him because not only did he do mma but you know he was also in the wwe back yeah. in the 90s what yeah. was that like interviewing him you know, it was so cool because I, I had I had been watching him on TV forever and came across him and, and I just like, hey, Ken, would you mind coming on? You know, I shot him an invite to come on my show. This is on the early days or I, I wasn't, I would say probably I'm much better at inviting people on my show now than I was back then. But so I was really shocked that he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll come on. And so it was kind of this surreal day for me because on the entrepreneur side, I'd actually also gotten a phone call with Ed Milet the same day that I had. Ken Shamrock on my show. So I talked to Ken and two hours later, I talked to Ed Milet and it was like the craziest life-changing day ever for me. But Ken was just like 
just a chill down to earth guy. He talked about his wrestling. He talked about, you know, Valor bare knuckle, which is his new thing now that he's got going on, which I think will be really su successful, you know, and he's just a really great guy. His story is unbelievable. And just the way that he speaks is very confident. And, you know, I think that he'll continue to do very well on the business side of stuff now that he's been, been kind of retired from the, the cage in the ring there. What's the, your dream interview? What's your dream fighter that you would like to interview? You know, I, I love the Diaz brothers, uh, Nick and Nate Diaz. Both of those guys are, are probably my, my favorite fighters of all time. I'd love to have those guys on my show at some point. Uh, Donald Cerrone is another guy that I think would just be really fun to have on the show at some point. And, uh, you know, those guys are, are, I mean, they've just been around forever and they just, they'll take any fight on any moment. And, and so I love to see those guys fight and they're, they're just seem like they're just great dudes. Do you have any upcoming projects that you're working on that, that people need to know about any bombshell interviews or anything? <laughs> um, right now I'm, I'm, uh, hopefully we're, we're working with, uh, Andy Frisella. So hopefully we'll have him in the next few months. Uh, the founder of first form and, um, uh, 75 hard. And he's got his podcast called MF CEO. Um, but that's a guy that we're working on right now. I think we'll, we'll get him in the next couple months. Uh, right now I'm actually offering a free course to anybody for all the podcasts that I'm joining right now. Um, it's just ericallencom slash foundations. And that will give you a free course to mindset. That'll give you a free course to branding, to marketing, everything like that. Um, my, co my coach typically sells that course for 997 bucks, but it's free to all of you and your guests and stuff like that. If they just go to ericallenmedia.com slash foundations, they can get that for free. Absolutely. So listeners, be, please be sure to take part in that. It's a thousand dollar course being offered for free. You heard it here on the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast. So go ahead and give out your contact information, tell people how they can keep up with you, your social media, anything you'd like to give out. Thank you so much, Curtis. Again, um, yeah, ericallenmedia.com is the website. I'm really active on Instagram. So it's just Eric, E-R-I-K, G, Allen. And uh, so I love commenting. I'll respond to all comments and respond to all DMs that come my way and just love connecting with new people. I'm fascinated with people's stories. So, you know, share your story with me in my DM. You know, I love love connecting with new people and love joining podcasts like this. And, and Curtis, I think the, your show is just awesome and people definitely need to be listening to the show, man. Do you have any final thoughts to close it out for, you know, just anybody, all that you've been through and overcome. I'm sure you have a lot of wisdom. So give it to us real quick, man. I would just say one thing is your past doesn't have to define your future. You can make a change at any moment. Like literally you can make a change and I know it's tough and there's situations where you're like, man, I don't, I can't do this because I'm going to get judged. Who cares? Like if you need to make a change to better yourself, just make the change and you can do it and stick to it and be consistent with those changes and, and your life will be changed forever, man. They always say it's never too late to do the right thing. Yep. Eric, I'd like to thank you so much for joining me today. Man, Curtis, such an honor, man. This is a great show. Thank you so much. And listeners, please be sure to follow, rate, review after listening. And Android listeners, go to the Google Play Store and download the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.